Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the podcast for the everyday golfer. We are proving that this week. Dante, you got out at your home club of running deer and got straight into the BMW Philadelphia Amateur Championship qualifier uh, presented by Gap. Uh, I have a qualifier coming up this Thursday for the U.S. Open, followed by the next Tuesday qualifier for the Maryland State Golf Association Amateur Open. We are in qualifier season. I am pumped beyond belief to dive into your experience from your round today out at your home club running deer. Um, dude, how much, how much fun was it just to play your own spot today in a qualifier? It was a blast. I, and, and we'll get into it because you'll be shocked. And if, you know, friends of mine that are listening are also shocked. Um, the way I guess you can say my attitude at the end of the day was based on the score, but we'll get into that. Uh, I had a blast. I, I think it was just awesome to see it because I've seen them. They've had U.S. Open qualifiers there, which obviously I don't have the handicap to do so. But they actually had a so gap. Obviously, we've talked before, have four specific majors and the Philadelphia Amateur was one of them. And one of the qualifying locations was my home course at Running Deer in southern New Jersey. So I decided to make a last minute. I think it was the last day that you can sign up. I decided to screw it. Screw it. Why not? I'm going to give it a shot. Love it. Kind of just, you know, swings feeling pretty good. Got some work done. Been working on some things. Um, you know, hitting the shots that I want to see. So let, let me let me give it a shot because we said in order to get better at tournament golf, we have to play more tournament golf. So I thought saw this as an opportunity to play. We spoke and, about that so much when we were out in Palm Springs, like as we were wrapping up the trip yep. of just like, you know, you were saying, man, tournament golf is just, it gives you such a different feeling in your hands it, and in your, like in, in the whole day atmosphere, there's nothing like it. So I was pumped for you to just get in another round of tournament golf. It, it was. And I think that's kind of the success out of this whole experience was just being able to get out there and play with, nobody that i really knew except for that i mean there was a few running deer other members playing in it so that was always cool to see it was cool to see that you actually had a very good turnout of your own membership playing in it that of guys that like to compete and these guys love to compete so it's kind of cool to see because you know we were texting each other and calling each other afterwards because we had tea times from 8 30 all the way down to 12 30 um in the afternoon and Obviously, it was done through Golf Genius. Their so live scoring was up. So we got, you know, all our other members that weren't playing in it at work, watch, you know, looking at the screen because it's live scoring, up-to-date scoring. And then, you know, some of these guys are finishing as I'm about to tee off. And then they're following my score. And they're like, oh, boy. Uh, but it, it was just one hell of experience. I honestly, I think my problem today was I was just so amped up. And it went by so fast. And I think that's what – it was a blink of an eye. Next thing I know, it's over. Yeah. And I, it's, I always think – and now I, I, a couple things from what you said I want to get to, but like on that first, I always think tournament golf, if you're playing good, it goes by in a blink of an eye. If you're playing bad, I always think it actually even goes by faster. And now, yeah. you know, it's just the craziest thing. The tournament pressure that comes along with it, if you're not used to it um, – you're just, you're kind of so in the moment. I don't want to call it blackout, but you definitely, um, I, I feel like just kind of, 
it just in your mind you speed through everything and then it's done and then you're sitting there yeah. signing your scorecard you're like what just happened yeah that, that's <laughs> exactly how i felt today if, coming to think about it i mean it was a long day for me too because i ended up actually getting up at 5 a.m and I went in the work for a couple hours. Actually, I went for put in a half day, the, the real true early. People's my, champion, not yeah. a champion, but the true people's champ. Yeah, right there, right. So I, I already had some hours up with the, you know, with the sun and all that, and putting hours in at work, and it, it was a long day. Um, but yeah, it just it went by so fast, and I'm actually kind of torn as I wish I can rewind and slow it all down just to enjoy it a little bit more and that's like you said i didn't play great actually i played horrible well the the front the first eight holes was an absolute disaster uh we can get in an absolute i mean you can see on on the score i'm pretty sure you're looking i don't know what the hell happened but i think i was just so amped up i was so charged and again blink of an eye was over i said what the hell well before we get into the actual scores you said there was live scoring was that like carry your phone around and like update on your phone? Or did you have like people every three holes like checking in on what no, the was? It was, you know, normal golf genius. And at, at the top of every scorecard, it gave you the code. And, you know, they asked one designated guy to do it. And mm-hmm. the other one of the my playing partners decided to do it. So I was like, oh, thank God I'm setting off my phone. Like, <laughs> I want no distractions because I'm the same I'm, way. I, I need to be focused because obviously my skill level to some of the guys that I'm playing is is not necessarily there yet. And again, I mean, there were nerves. It was weird because usually you get nerves, you get the butterflies. I didn't have those. I think it was the amped up, I'm charged nerves where I'm excited, but I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm like, I tell you, ready I've to- always been there. And if I can get through now, granted, as everyone knows, I, I played division three college golf at Marywood. So I've played a lot of college rounds a lot of national championship rounds a lot of rounds under higher pressure way more Dante than I think you can say you have I think competitively Mm -hmm. and and I can relate though with saying that even though I've played all those rounds I can relate and saying I think there's a different kind of charge that goes through you on that first hole maybe even two before you really settle into your round that's not like like you said not the nerves not the shakes it's like it's almost nerves to the point where you hit a driver 20 yards further than you expect, or you hit that eight iron 170 instead of 155, 160, right? Like it's a different kind of amp up, like ready for tournament golf that, I mean, and the pros talk about it too. They get so much just adrenaline going that they even hit the pros even hit shots a lot, a lot different than they would under like maybe normal tournament pressure. Yeah. But except for like, the tours being able to hit it like 20 yards further. I was just so quick that my temp, I guess I was so charged that my tempo was way off that I was just hitting blades, chunk hooks and blocks all day with the irons. And usually my irons are my strongest suit. And I said, I need to figure something out quick or this is going to turn into a disaster because even though I had those nerves, I got to the course about an hour, like an hour and a half to an hour, 45 minutes early, like plenty of time, got there, went to the locker room. I'm, I show up in a hoodie and jeans and boots and people are probably looking at wh- while driving the cart with a, with a bag hooked to, to the cart. Yeah. And I can swear people were just giving me the weirdest looks like, what is this kid doing? Now pause. 
in relation to where you're at for people who might not be regionally listening, you are outside of Philly. Delco's not too far away from you. Oh, hold just on. Been a Delco bro, just showing up to play some, play some golf. Well, Del- Delco's probably from where the course is. It's probably about an hour. So give me some credit. I mean, I'm in the sticks of Southern Jersey here. I'm not just over the bridge, but uh, yeah, easy on that one. But yeah, so yeah, so I was just rolling up and I was like, and you know, and you got everybody coming from all over the place, mainly like the Philly sector and all that and South, all the courses from like Cherry Hill area all the way down to South Jersey and even like the short points. So it's a mixed crowd. So I get in there and I'm like, all right, cool. Get changed. Make my way to the way to the range and best range session I've ever had. I was peering absolutely everything. I said, today's going to be a great day. Then I started to feel the nerves a little bit. So I said, uh, all right. And I was like, let me go to like the, the restroom, freshen up real quick. And I see uh, our member. I see another member of mine. He was playing in it as well. I said, oh, hey, what's up? He's at the bar getting a transfusion. I said, that looks like a great idea because I, I, I'm feeling like the jittery nerves, like the, yeah. you know, the butterfly nerves. So I'm like, hmm. I said, just give me a shot of JD, please. On the rocks? Or just nope, shot? Nope, just straight. Just straight. boom. Give me a little shooter, shot glass, bang. I was like, that'll calm me up. So I went back to the range, peering it again. I said, all right, like, cool. It's in me. I got a little like swing juice in me. I'm a yeah, little like shaking the shoulders got to, a little bit. Like, yeah, good. Like, oh my man, today was gonna be a great day. It was. I mean, it, the wind sucked because it was blowing like crazy. But I mean, it was beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky. I mean, it was dry after the two and a half inches, mm-hmm. inches of rain we got three days ago. I mean, it was completely dry. Cart, no cart restrictions whatsoever, which was phenomenal. Firm as can be. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, cool practice go over hit to the hit to the for um to the putting green rolling some putts draining them i'm like yes let's go you were all systems go going to the first yeah. tee. i'm like today's gonna be a great day i was out the night before scoping out so i knew where the tees were i knew where the pins were gonna be i mean relatively i knew where the pins were going to be even if they gate like even with the pin sheet just by looking at the direction because i played the course literally every single week so and they were actually in the most they were in the flattest parts of the green and the most forgiving so i guess you could say that the easiest pin setups and the t's were relatively the blues so it was it was a plane about 6600 yards which mm-hmm. in retrospect is is your average you know what we play around here and in, in some of the gap events so i was like all right not not like it ain't Palm Springs where we're playing all the way back at 72, 7,300, and I have no shot. It's like, all right, I got a shot. Well, the nerves start kicking in. I'm texting you, and I hear, get number two. So, Because I, I was feeling jittery again. I'm like, ah, shit. Run over to the bar. JD number two, please. Back, <laughs> slam that back. I'm like, all right, let's go. We're good. We're golden. It's going to be a great day. Get to the first tee. It's about, you know, it's like 1220. And, you know, I'm feeling good. I, I, you know, shake hands with playing partners, get all our rule sheets, all our cards, get all that squared away, and off we go. Yeah, it was a disaster. Oh, I mean, God. I was so amped up, dude. I, I'm, I was, I almost missed the ball off the tee. 
I hit it so low on on the uh, <laughs> on the face of the driver, it just came out like a little bullet, little cut bullet, and I don't even think it went like two hundred yards. And the wind was blowing like twenty five in our face. I'm like, great. I I'll tell you this, and and I know this from experience. That first tee, I don't care who you are, I don't care what player you are, is the worst shot of the day. <laughs> if you hit that good, you're kind of ah, right, like. You're good. And then if you don't, boy, it just elevates the nerves to another level. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I said, because you're right. Because you want to make sure, like, if you get off to a strong start, you hit off to a strong tee shot, just a tee shot alone, that can make for a whole new mindset of, you know, positivity and just a different, you know, I got this. Or you hit a bad one and you say, you start getting thoughts of, oh, no. Is this what I'm going to be like the rest of the day? Mm. I mean, I hit the fairway, so that's a plus. But I get up there, and I was like, all right, well, the pin's like kind of like middle left. I said, if I could just like trap one in here, you know, and just get it up there, I can either just have it roll up onto the green, because I was hearing, uh, you know, word through the through the course that it was firm. Like, I mean, like the greens were rocks and they were they they were extremely firm it was weird because a buddy of mine was putting or he was playing at eight in the morning and he said the greens were lightning now we, you know how we had that bent grass poana mix of greens well that poana gra- uh, grass grew pretty fast throughout those four hours so mm-hmm. it, i thought the greens were on the slower side he was telling me the greens were lightning but they were so firm well, I block a four iron way right. Now I have to put all the way over the green. I halfway chip it thinking it was going to be, you know, it was going to roll out. Right. And then I had, then I'm like, great. I have to go up this hill, down this hill, and then it breaks to the left. So it broke a little too hard. I had maybe three footer for bogey. I was like, all right. I, I scrambled. I, I get the, get the bogey, get we on out of here. This. Yeah. We can do this. We can get, we got it over with. We're good. Yeah. I pushed the putt and tapped in it for six. <laughs> like, yes. And then the trend continued. Then the uh, trend continued. So, I mean, wh- when you're walking off the front nine, I mean, we don't have to go shot for shot on the front nine. No, here. Um, we don't want when, to. When you went a couple, couple doubles, or, you know, in the first couple holes, when you're getting to the back, is it like, all right, bartender, double JD me again on the back nine and let's roll? Or like, what's the mentality going into the back nine? Because you seem to straighten the ship on the back. I did. Well, it was funny because the front or the first three holes I doubled and I didn't make anything lower than a bogey for the next five holes up into eight. No pars on the front, but I birdied the ninth. Tap and yeah, birdie. I said, yeah. let's go. Yeah, You'll my playing partner. You see actually not one, but two circles on the scorecard today. Yes. Dude, <laughs> the back nine was more me. I mean, I I got the last three holes. I got myself into some bad spots and just didn't really can get up and down. But, yeah. dude, the way I was playing, it, it, it could have easily been almost, you know, maybe one or two over or eight. E- even if some things went my way, but obviously that's golf. But it it was funny because again, a buddy uh, Rip that was playing in uh, in the morning, 
he was checking the scores and he saw he saw my scores and he just started laughing and he texted me he goes, Yo, did you lose any clubs or break anything? I said, Funny thing is, I was calm as can be. And he goes, I he goes, I don't wanna like piss you off or anything, but I just started laughing and he goes, What made it even funnier? He goes, How do you have no pars on the front and then you bury the ninth hole? <laughs> And then I said, two I, holes later, stuff another birdie in there. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. Dude. So, but the same thing, like tenth, well, the tenth hole, like I'm coming off. I'm like, all right, I had a horrible front nine, shot fifty for this. For those of you who want to know, I shot ninety overall. I went fifty forty. There. That's high class. I, I, just, I love it. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't have it. To, well, yeah, I I had it, and then I lost it. And then it was just, I mean, when you have rounds like these, is now you get a lot of thoughts going through your head and saying, how am I, how can I salvage this? And then sometimes you get a little bit aggressive because you're like, now if I want to make up those shots, I need to make up and try and get birdies. Yeah. I mean, that really wasn't my thought. My thought was like, can I just see if I can just make pars the rest of the way? That way, at least, you know, it's, you know, a few over and then I, you know, I can redeem myself. It's like, all right, you know, I played some pretty consistent golf through X amount of holes. That was kind of my mindset going into after nine. I said, all right, let's, let we went to the, it was the new nine mentality. I was like, new nine, forget about it. You know, that just, that like, wasn't, wasn't your game. And, you know, 10, I kind of got, you know, I kind of, that was a timid drive and I got myself kind of stuck right beneath this tree but i still had a nice view to just get like a club out there mm-hmm. so i pulled hybrid because it was the lie was pretty good and i was like let me just try and get like punch it up there on 10 well i hit it so good that i got as much like airtime as it possibly could like jumped off the face hit the tree branch and just shot way left so i had to like Oops. get up and down for bogey well, so and that, I think the coolest thing is, right, like you texted me afterwards and you were like, I've never played such bad golf, but wanted to play more in my life. Like, exactly. what was that feeling when you rolled out? Like, you were just like, that was so much fun. Like, I loved the pressure. I want to go do it again or what? Yeah. I mean, I like I said, how fast it went. I wish I could just hit the rewind button and start today all over again. I, I want, I would love to see Running Deer host another qualifier for one of the four majors again just because it's home turf and i want to go go play it again i mean usually you have a round like this and you've seen my text i'd be like dude i'm never playing golf again i'm done with tournament golf i'm just gonna go play leisure golf today made me want to go back out and play more tournament golf yeah i had a blast shockingly i scored like absolute shit but shout out to uh Trent, Trent Feltz, T. Feltz golf out there when he told me in um in uh, Palm Springs, he said, dude, you just got to go out and play with, with the mindset of low expectations. Yeah, there it is. Ball marker. <laughs> he goes, low expectations. Then you just you just surprise yourself. Well, I wasn't expecting to have this low of expectations. But um, I had like I was texting you. I had three three mindsets. I was trying to go in there. I said. They'll have confidence, low expectations, and just have fun. And at the end of the day, I mean, it was it was a beautiful day. I mean, the wind was probably blowing like 20, 25, pretty steady on the front nine. So that kind of hurt, hurt some things because playing in the wind is always tough. 
and then you kind of overthink. It's like, oh, let me try and trap this and keep it low, and then you don't really hit the best of shots. But it kind of calmed down on the back nine, and that's when I started playing a little bit better. I mean, I had obviously made the birdie on 11. I parred the hardest hole in the course. I almost got up and down on 13. 14, I had a birdie look. 15, I had a birdie look. So I was getting it there, and I, I was having looks at, you know, more towards the end of the day. The last three holes, I had a couple of bad shots and just had to try and grind and get up and down, which I, I just didn't. So, right. you know, that's that's some some things. It's like like 17, right? I hit like a great drive and I said, do I just let me play conservatively and just punch a seven iron up to the inside the 100 and just wedge it close, just wedge it and just, you know, try and grind, get birdie, if not bogey. Or I was thinking, I said, because well, the ball was downhill and side and side hill, but it, it was teed up. And I said, do I put a, do I put my, do I choke down on my five wood and just rip a five wood and just get it as close as I possibly can? Or do I take seven iron and punch it up to the 100 and just try and wedge it close? Well, I took the conservative route and topped my seven iron to outside the 150. Whoopsies. <laughs> yeah. So it, was just, it was just little stuff like that. Like the irons were the worst out of all the day. Driver was yeah. pretty decent. Wedges were okay. Putting was a little timid at first, a little shaky. But then I started, you know, getting the confidence again and started rolling the rock. It just was like irons. It just seemed like as I was just stuck in fifth or my timing was off. But I would love to do it all over again if I can just have like a better swing. Cause I immediately went after I turned in the card, I went right back to the range and it was night and day. Love I was like, Oh, I love really? it. The swings there. The swing. Yeah, there. it's there. It, it's, it's the mindset. And what was great was I was talking to uh, the gentleman behind the counter, Dave. He also does teaching on the side as well. And we were kind of talking about, how different player personalities you need that type of mindset while you're out playing. Like he was saying, you know, some people need are very talkative. They need to get, you know, that's how they keep them in their rhythm. Cause I mean, my tempo and my rhythm was off. Something was off. He was saying something was off. I definitely knew it. Cause I've seen your scores before. That's not like you. He goes, so, I was, he goes, what were your myths? And I said, well, I was either snapped, coking something or i was thinning it or blocking it right he goes all right well something was off in your tempo he goes it's probably your hips not synchronizing and he goes usually what happens is when you get like that you go into bad habits obviously you know i'm, I'm changing some things up for the better we've for worked sure. on it i worked up with carl up in at glenmar and you know I'm, I'm seeing a completely different ball flight when it works so i know what i'm doing on the range is working it's like how do i get to that on the course. And I think a lot of it was obviously there were nerves that I thought I didn't feel, but they were there. But I think it was kind of the personality trait that I am as a player versus others wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, everything seemed so fast. I think I was just so charged and like it was almost rush, 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 rush. Because I know when sometimes when I play my best of rounds, I'm very kind of mellow and less talkative and i just kind of sit back i i play quickly but my mindset and my i guess my body 
and my tone, everything kind of slows down on what you need I some, see. Uh, you need some like CBD gum chewies or something pretty, like that. <laughs> pretty much. Almost like kind of like I was like high. Usually you play like you get in like, you know when you get like in that zone? Oh, no doubt. And everything just kind states, of. Man, yeah, the zen. The zen state. I said, that's how I need to play. Because the one he was giving examples of some people like to play angry. That's when they best play it. They just want to like murder the ball. Yep. every single time he goes that that's he is that's their personality trait on the course and that's when they play their best golf or are you more like are you a talkative person are you like kind of fast 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 or as for me i think i'm more less talkative keep to myself very yoga zen s which is you know real mellow and i wasn't that i wasn't like that today i just i don't know what happened but I think I didn't feel rushed. I I think the best word for today was just charged. Charged. I like it. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. find a way to make a make a t-shirt out of charged. Charged. And, and I, I put think, it out for the listeners. I, I think we've you know, experienced that if you've ever played tournament golf. Yeah. So obviously, lesson learned: play more tournament golf. Uh, try and make sure that I can get in that mindset where I know I play my best golf, and. and Obviously, you know, as I work through things, just just trust it and just let it go. It was funny because Rip, a buddy of mine, Rip out uh, that played earlier. The one time he goes, dude, like we were playing weeks ago. He goes, dude, you just you feel like you just like stick an arm in everything. He goes, just let it go. And then he started singing the "Let It Go" song. I said, "Dude, what if let I just showed go. up just blasting that song?" Let it go. <laughs> he started laughing. So he, you know, he, a lot of. Score was awful. You know, it just wasn't wasn't my day. I just couldn't put it together. But you know, there there's some a lot of positives that come from it. Obviously, you know, play more tournament golf, and now I know, like, oh, like I'm learning. Okay, something was off with the tempo of my swing, uh, which I can go back and work on. Uh, my mindset, my mindset wasn't there, I guess, with my overall personality. So that's something. That's something I learned today. Well, hey, which I mean, is huge. I think everyone can acknowledge the fact that you at least put yourself out there and played tournament golf today. And, yeah. you know, whether it was for Gap or whether it was for whatever, I mean, it was tournament golf. And, and I think, you know, you put yourself out there on the line and said, I'm going to score myself. No putts given. I'm going to knock everything in the hole, no matter how much yeah. it takes. And, and we're going to go there. So, that, I mean, kudos to you because there's not a lot of people in the grand scheme of things that want to put their game, the golf game specifically, up to a test like that. And you did that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of fun because I love what Gap does. They have a hell of a bunch of tournaments. They're a lot of fun. And I think that's something I kind of want to start striving more towards. Rather than, I mean, the last gap, individual gap event that I played besides the team matches, which obviously is not really individual, is uh, I did the mid-am qualifier Elmhurst three years ago, three, four years ago. And this is my second gap event out of their four majors. So, you know, taking a three-year hiatus, three to, two to three-year hiatus is, is not the move. I got I should be doing at least one of these every year. Which Hell, that's my think, that's my I new think, goal. And here's the here's the crazy thing about us. I think we should be doing, you know, one every two months 
if not yeah. more, you know, if we really want to set our expectations to say, Hey, I don't want to just like sign up and play and, you know, poop to bed. I want to yeah. sign up and like compete. It's like one every two months. Hell it's one every month. If you can, I mean, it's I mean, a lot yeah. and it's a ton of tournaments, but if, if you want the expectation to be, I'm gonna go make a cut and I'm gonna go like contend it, it's, it's more often than not. Yeah. And, and they're expensive too. Like that's another thing. Like these, they ain't cheap. But if you make it, if you make the cut, right? So this is the Philly Am. The way it works is there's four qualifiers into the championship. Then you get into the championship. Then you got to play Philadelphia Country Club. That's where it's at this year. Philadelphia Country Club and Liberty uh, Union League Liberty Hill. You play 36 holes, 18 on Philly Country Club, 18 on Liberty Hill. They cut from there. Then from there, you play 36 hole match play the next day until you kind of we like weed it down to the final two. I mean it oh, right. for the price that you pay, if you can make the cut or the you can make the qualifier into the the next basically the next stage, you're already getting three rounds of golf for the price that you paid, which oh, is a hell crazy. of a deal. Yeah. So that's like the goal for me next is to play more. And then the goal for, for like the long-term future is to make, you know, make the cut for the qualifier because you do, I mean, you get to play on some sick ass courses and the price may, it doesn't make it look that bad when you just paid all that money for one round. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. No, I think that's exciting, man. I think that's so much fun to like, you know, set your expectations up for the next tournament. Not only that, but like set your expectations and say, all right, this is what I'm working towards. Cause that's like what keeps everybody coming back in the game of golf is like working towards something, right? Breaking 80, breaking 70 or making this qualifier playing in this event. Like somebody's always working towards something in the game of golf. That's what keeps us around. Oh, definitely. And like today, I worked, I said, all right, this didn't work. Well, let me hit the range and see what didn't work hmm. right there. And then like immediately, like that, it's like, what's cool is it's always like instant feedback too. But yeah. like you said, everybody's out there playing for something or they're working towards something, whether it's, you know, I want to break 90 or I want to break 80 or I want to play in this tournament. I'm going to work towards just being able to play in this tournament. What are my expectations? What, what are my goals? Let's see where I stand. And that way I can reevaluate like today and see, all right, well, what went wrong for me to put myself in a better position the next time? Right. It, it, and that's what I love about golf is because it's, it's a sport. Like you said, you're always constantly proving like there's, there's no perfect when it comes to golf, but it's something we can do too. We literally drop dead. Oh, absolutely. It's not like, you know, so many, there are so many like opportunities, you know, of just us now we're both in the mid-am division too. We've got the mid-am, the senior, the super senior. I mean, the list goes on and on of how much events we could play throughout the, you know, throughout the time. Yeah. So I mean, it was a hell of a time. Hats off the gap, hats off the running deer. The grounds crew absolutely did a phenomenal job. Uh, course played Extremely tough, but extremely fair. I think the wind kind of made it the most difficult. 
mm-hmm. but it I love the setup. I love the pin locations. Again, I wish I can just hit rewind, do it all over again. Sure. But again, I, I get it's until it's until next time. So next next qualifier, which is uh your side of things. Hey, I love it. I absolutely love it. That was uh it was cool to see you get to play at your home course. I think that's just always exciting. Like if I had a qualifier at Glen Riddle, I'd be just over oh. the world ecstatic. So I signed up too. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, no brainer of why you signed up. Um, <laughs> but guys, you know, we're talking about gap. Uh, our last podcast uh, before this one came out the 12th episode of the season, we had Laura, Laura Heinen on the show, director of golf for Delaware state golf. We talked everything, Golf Association of Philadelphia. If you don't know, now you know. Golf Association of Philadelphia and Delaware State Golf merged. So now Delaware State Golf is one with the GAP uh, events. They are one with the membership. So if you're a GAP member and want to play in Delaware events, you can. If you're a Delaware member and want to play in GAP events, you can. Um, So we talked everything about what that membership means with the merger. They are now over 90,000 golfers strong in what the gap runs and it just kind of overall operates. Uh, Laura is still running the Delaware state uh, kind of side of things. She's still the director of golf now with gap of the Delaware state. So um, she's still very much involved. You're still going to see her out and about at tournaments, but we talked everything about that uh, association and what they're doing for the game of golf. And some things I think that Dante, you know, we might've even learned of maybe little Monday events they're putting on for uh, the everyday golfer that, doesn't want to play in these kind of lower handicap events, uh, events for the seniors and, and just everybody in between. So it's really cool what not only Delaware State Golf was doing to date, but now what they're able to do with the backing of Gap uh, at their side. So funny story. I, so the starter, right? It's like this college kid. And I said, yeah, you know, Laura? And he's like, yeah, this is no. I said, this is my second day. I said, <laughs> oh, he goes, I drove all the way here from Dayton, Ohio. Sheesh. I said, oh, okay. Well, that welcome. In, that intern life, that intern yeah. life. I know yeah. for the Maryland State Golf Association stuff, they had this like PJ Boatwright intern every year where they'd come from like all over the country and yep. they volunteer and run tournaments and stuff. And God bless those kids because they just come from all over and they work tournament director like positions in hope of doing yeah. what Laura does in running a state golf association. Yeah. So, I mean, he did a hell. I mean, obviously his team was with there, but you know, second day, I mean, the kid was a natural. Like, I love it. There, that he is, is ran so it cool. smoothly, set the first tee, you know, handed out all everything that we needed. And then he headed over, over to the patio and was at the tent collecting all the scores and adding them in. So it, it was good to see. Um, but again, it was an absolute blast. Very cool. Well, guys, if you want to have an absolute blast on a golf course, head over to our website, www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Uh, shop all of our latest merch at www.enjoythewalkpod.com slash shop or access it via our homepage. Also, if you don't want to miss any of the latest podcasts, the latest merch drops, and just our overall updates on videos and blogs uh, on our YouTube page and on our website, go down to the bottom of the screen and sign up for your email updates so you don't miss a thing with Enjoy the Walk. We've got a lot of fun things planned for this summer as the uh, as the golf season gets underway. Very 
cool documentary style videos coming out that we hope to get to this summer. So excited for what's to come for this summer. So check it out, www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Yeah, Dante, before we get into my own qualifier this week, I want to talk some news uh, surrounding some exciting, maybe even just kind of like once in a lifetime memories that were made from a U.S. Open qualifier yesterday this podcast is coming out we're recording on the 10th it's coming out on the 11th but a a qualifier that was had out in texas on may 9th saw something happen that i think is a first ever for a u.s open qualifier a university of texas senior made not one but two hole-in-ones during his u.s open qualifier dante you kidding me if i had one Hole in one in my U.S. Open qualifier on Thursday, I'd go berserk. Uh, yeah, like, did he make the cut? He did. He okay. only shot sixty nine, though. That would suck. That's one. That's one of my fears playing golf. Is I'm like today. If I had the worst round of my life, well, I mean, not the worst round. I've had worse, but to the point where. This is an absolute disaster, and I come to a part three and dunk one. Yeah. Uh, I would hope that I'm doing that where I'm striking it well, swinging good, and, you know, I'm going to have a nice low one, add that to the Knicks. But it's good that he was able to make make it on the sectionals. I mean, so he only shot even par on the front nine with an ace. With an ace. He aced the eighth hole. He had three bogeys, a birdie, and an ace. So there's there's your even par. So he goes to the back nine, automatically makes a birdie, one under, bogey, even. And then he's going into the last two holes at right at even par, kind of right on the cut line, and then goes ace birdie par finish for his second for his second ace of the round and a three under finish on the day. Dude, imagine. Those nerves going throughout the round, hole by hole, knowing that, okay, you know, I'm up a little, then I got back down to a good number, then I went back up, and then the last three holes, three under. I mean, he made five bogeys. And, yeah. And, I mean, and the aces basically propelled him through this tournament. That's awesome. It's incredible. I mean, you talk about the probabilities of hitting one ace, let alone hitting two in the setting that that's in. I mean, it's just absolutely unheard of. It's it's downright insane. Um, like I said, he ended up finishing second on the day with that three under 69. Damn. Um, what's crazy is two under got through. There was a cut at two under. So two under and ties got through. Two strokes worse. If he makes par on one of those par threes, goodbye. Go home. See you never. But now he's going to sectionals, and he's got a story to tell with it. How'd you make it to sectionals? Well, uh, luckily, two aces helped me. I mean, Imagine telling that to people. What a story. It's just wild. I mean, it's so cool. There's so much talent in this game. Um, what, What I think is really cool is he's only one of two amateurs that ended up making it through. Um, Fred Funk's younger son, Taylor Funk made it through. So really cool to see there a notable name. Um, I mean, it's just, it's wild to see 
the talent that is just that kind of rises to the cream of the crop level at these U.S. Open qualifiers. Um, speaking of a, a qualifier that old podcast member Isaiah played in, he shot one under up at Worthington Manor Golf Club. One under was ended up being on the outside looking in by one, uh, two under, two under gotten an eight way playoff for two spots. So, um, it seems like two under is the number, you know. And as I go into looking at my U.S. Open qualifier yeah. on Thursday, um, you know, got out there Sunday to Hillendale Golf Club, uh, just outside of uh, Baltimore, Maryland, in Phoenix, Maryland. Um, it's a great test of golf always. Um, you know, someone you you've got that one, like one dude that just falls out every time. Like you can pretty much guarantee that four or five under is going to be your winner. But then usually as you know, per you see the, the numbers fall 70 usually gets you in the conversation, whether it's a par 71 and it's one under, or if it's a par 72 and 72 under, you know, 70, the number 70, for some reason, as I've kind of just been watching these U S open qualifiers pan out, no matter the par of the course, 70 gets you in the conversation, either a playoff or definitely in 69 is a no brainer. So, um, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of what I've got in the back of my head. It's like, all right, go out shoot 70, find a way to make it 70 simple, right? Easy game. Very How easy you- game. I what's it, Tuesday? You got two more days. You you ready? Uh, as of Sunday, I was blowing the alarms. I was sounding like you know, if this was like a New York City fire company, I'd have been sounding like eighteen district alarms. It would not have been good. Um, oh boy! I I sprayed the ball like crazy out in um, out on Sunday at Hillendale. Just absolutely like every which way, double miss left, double miss right. Like it was just bad. Um, and then. Uh, Monday comes around. I ended up playing another practice round for the Maryland am an open qualifier up at Queenstown sprayed it like crazy. Couldn't figure it out. Um, so I was a little, uh, I was a little worried the short games there, the putters there, but everything else in between was like a no go. And then I get out today and, uh, you know, got some really, really good work in out at, uh, about three miles away from my, my siding install for my day job. And I found something. You want to know what I found, Dante? You'll 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 be amazed by this. What would you what'd you find? Tempo matters. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I um uh, I, I was told you that like, from the day. I, I was swinging like a madman. Yep. I think is what it boils down to. I was swinging like an absolute lunatic. That's that was me today. It, it it's amazing because we were talking again. Like I was talking to. Uh, the guy behind the counter, Dave, he was talking about, I guess, old Bernard Langer, where he focused so much on tempo that it may have looked slower, but his tempo was there. He was actually swinging faster. Yep. So it's just it's Tempo Town story. University. It's a funny story of how I kind of like stumbled upon it. I played yesterday, my good buddy, Steve DiCarlo, you know, Steve, you chop it up yep. on Instagram all the time. All the time. Um, I sent a video to him today because when we were out at Queenstown on Monday, he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, I don't know what he's like, you ought to take a video, but something looks off. He's like, I played with you long enough. Something looks off. Right. So 
we we took a video. My shoulder plane was way off on my driver. Like my right, my right shoulder was almost like dipping, right? Like it was way down low. A couple other things we, we realized. So it was just like, all right, let's fix these couple things. And then I sent him a video today and I didn't change a whole lot. I fixed the shoulders a little bit and the grip, but he timed it up. He somehow split the screen and like put my yesterday's video and my today's video driver. And I was like done with the swing yesterday by the time I was starting my downswing today because the tempo was just so much different. Wow. Yeah. And he goes, you focused on tempo, didn't you? And I said, dude, it's the number one thing I, I like I set up today and I like did a little metronome. I got a little metronome app on my phone and just started like slowing it down. And he's like, yeah, dude, biggest difference is tempo. I don't know what else to tell you. Everything else looks pretty, pretty similar, but tempo is different. So in my mind, I was changing all this up, but really at the end of the day, it was just tempo. It's amazing what tempo can do. It's so dumb. It's so infuriating, but God, it really is. is. (laughs) It's like, there's so many factors that go into it, but at the same time, it all goes back to one factor. Yeah, it it truly does, man. It's it's just like, it's like an atom, dude, where like the electrons and protons are just like flying all over the place. But in reality, it's just this one little thing that you just need to just hone in on. I love it. It's uh it's it's a wild game, but today got me back in the less anxious zone and the more excited zone. Right. Like yeah. I, I hit a lot of shots today where I was like, okay, that you know, you hit you hit some six irons, some five irons, and they're on a rope in the wind, nonetheless. Ta- down on the shore today, it was 20 miles per hour steady. 30, 40 mile per hour gust. And I was hitting ropes, like all like it straight into the wind. It was just, it was something where I was finding like, okay, that's what I've been looking for, but just had no clue where it lied. Right. Like I was trying to fix everything. So technical and you break it down. It's like, damn it. It was just tempo all along. Like it's so infuriating. Yeah. It's sometimes it's like, what? let me, Oh, what is my hand in this spot? Do I need to be here? Let me film every single swing. And then, Someone just looks at you and says, dude, your tempo is off. Yeah. That easy. Yeah. That easy. So I um I I guess like reinvigorated my uh, excitement for Thursday. Um I know the course. It was nice getting back on Sunday to familiarize myself with some of the greens and like where to be and where not to be. Um but yeah, other than that, I think we're uh I think we're a, a field of like 78 playing for five spots. So game on. Yeah. I mean, good luck, man. I mean, we've had plenty of conversations off camera out in PGA West about our, our stuff when it comes to tournament golf. And obviously, you know, you know, you can do it. You know, it's there. It's just being able to bring it all there onto the course when it actually matters. I feel like you and I, you know, retrospect when it comes to tournament golf is kind of where that element we're not too familiar with when it comes to mental and nerves. If we can get past that, I think you and I can do some, do some damage on our, on our events. Yeah. No, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I try, I try things here and there. And I think that's where us as like tinkerers, you just go back to like, well, if that didn't work, all right, I'll try something else. Like every tournament and maybe it's for better, maybe it's for worse. I'm always trying some little, like something little different, 
okay, I did that last time and this little thing works. I'll keep that. But this thing didn't work. And I'm, and I'm going to try that now. Right. So like for the longest time, given an example of like what I mean by this, I used to show up hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes for my tea time used to kind of just like mosey around and then like spend almost too much time at the range. Right. Like just hit a bunch of balls and then, you know, hit some putts and go. And what I've found is, and this thing is one of the things that's like worked for me pretty well. I'll still get there hour 15 hour, you know, before the round, but I won't stick. I won't start hitting balls until 40 minutes before the round, maybe even 30. I'll go putt. I'll go chip. I don't consider chipping hitting balls, right? Like actually at the range, you know, lacing it up, tighten it up, putting a glove on and like taking cuts. I don't start that till 30 minutes before the round. And what I found is it puts me in like go mode. Like I go right from the range to the first tee, maybe a couple putts before that, but like tournament mode, I am, I am taking cuts. I'm hitting like the last driver with like three minutes to spare. Like I probably should be on the first tee by then, but I'm like, I'm walking right from that last cut where I just took a beautiful drive, a little, little baby fade, like in my mind. And I learned this from, from one of Tiger Woods' books. I learned it in, in, in him saying that last shot, he is going through his entire routine, setting it up, envisioning where he wants to hit that ball down the first fairway. And if he doesn't hit it, he'll retee and do it again. That last shot, the last thing he wants to be in his mind is making a swing of exactly how he wants to imitate the first tee box. And I, and I find that insanely beneficial because then there's such a, there's such a small gap between that swing of envisioning what you're going to do in the first tee and the actual first tee. Yeah, you know, I wish I would have had this tip earlier. <laughs> yeah. Dante's I like, mean, no, I want to go back. No, joke, no, no, not like busting balls, but at yeah. the same time, seriously, because I was hitting it so well on the range. But again, like I got there about an hour, hour and 45 minutes well before my tee time. And again, I, I went to the range, went to the putting green, went to the bar, went back to the range, went to the putting green. Then, I mean, but it was all in all about like 40 minutes. And then I just kind of yeah. just bebopped around and just shot the shit. I said, damn, I should have shot the shit, hit some putts, hit yeah. some chips, and it did it backwards. I should have done it backwards. And I'm going to actually... I find myself so much more relaxed when I'm there. And like you just said, kind of like bebopping. I'll do my bebopping as soon as I get there, right? Like kind of shoot the shit. If I see someone I know, hey, what's up? How are you? Um, now, and especially for this one, Hillendale is two and a half hours away from my house. So I'm going to spend a two and a half hour car ride before I get to Hillendale. I'm taking my foam roller with me. They've got a nice oh, men's yeah. locker room. I'm spending 20 minutes rolling my at my almost 30 year old ass. I'm, I'm rolling my legs, my back, my arm. I'm rolling out, man. I'm getting limber again because yeah. I refuse to be tight for the first six holes. I just, no, I, don't, I that- don't do that. But showing, like I said, I still like showing up that hour. But I like I like just moseying my way through that kind of ho hum of first getting there, maybe seeing people you know. And now when that like forty minute ticker hits, it's like one of those things you see on PGA Tour Live where they send the they send the time lapse of like people getting ready, like then it's go time. But like before then, I, I almost give myself just not enough time 
if that makes sense, where I'm like almost pushing it to get to the first tee because then it's just so fresh. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, now that I think about it, I wonder what the play, the day would play out if the confidence I had the range and what I was hitting, if I just immediately went from there to the first tee and then just pulled driver and striped it. It could have been a whole different ball game. But, you know, you learn. You learn something every day. So next time, I'll take that I'll take that strategy. Well, it's like Kanye West. I guess we'll never know. Let's <laughs> <I> say. <laughs> I love it, man. No, it's 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 just it's like one of those things. Every player is different. Every every little niche is different. Like like I said, I take things and it's just trial and error, right? It's what works, what doesn't work. What doesn't work, you throw out the back door going 90 down the highway and say never see you again. And then the things that do work, little by little, you finally say, hey, I'm going to keep you. You're going to stick right here in my back, you know, my corner pocket, and we're going to use you. And, and then you just keep building. And then, and then you say down the line, all right, maybe it's not working for me. And it's just it's this constant, like, evolution process of what worked for you then and what works for you now. And it, it's always evolving. That's the tricky part of it. Yeah. It's, but that's the beauty of it, too. It is. It so is. Oh, it's so much fun. I love it, dude. I, I, I tell you what, I, I would go on record and saying, and I know a lot of people are like, man, I just love golfing with my buddies. There is nothing better than the process of getting ready for tournament golf. Like yeah. the tournament itself, awesome, hell of an experience. But like when you get into practice mode, even like when you, when you were out there grinding the last couple nights, just like Every day. getting ready, dude. There's so much fun in the the anticipation is almost more fun than the actual tournament itself. It, last Thursday, I wish the tournament was that Friday because that's how well I was hitting it that night. Yeah. When I was going out, like obviously, you know, we were working on some swing changes and I haven't been playing much. I've been doing a little bit more range time than actually playing. But for about the last week and a half, I just been going to to trunk the tee, trunk the tee, trunk the tee, trunk the tee, and just go down and play it, throw a few balls down. And then I started a new strategy where I would take a ball and legit count it for score, play it down everywhere, practice that. But if I do hit a bad shot, I'd hit another ball just to get a feel and just get to see a different type of reaction. And then I'd go play my original ball that I'm intending to score with. Yep. And see what I can do with it because at the end of the day, that whatever swing you make on the outcome of that ball, that, that's the outcome of the shot. You're gonna have to unfortunately play that play that outcome. So I just kind of rather than playing kind of a best ball with myself, like a little scramble, because that's not always the the best way. But it and I think it helped. It didn't help today, but it, it was just awesome. <laughs> it was just like you're saying, the process. It was just so much fun just to can't wait till four four thirty hits and i'm running out the door from work i'm hopping in the car and head, heading right over to the course yep now it's it's crazy man it's one of those things where um it's just fun like it's it's like the, the getting ready for it is just so exciting right like you you every time you lace up the shoes you know you're like putting a peg in the ground and saying this is what it is for this is what it means or this is what i'm like getting ready for it's just it's a cool experience and unless you don't like if you don't sign up for a tournament like that you don't get that it, yeah. it's just it, it's very unique to 
signing up for tournaments like that. I think it's something every serious golfer then, you know, who's striving to be better each time they play, you know, when they get to a level, they give it a shot. Give it a try. Give it an experience. It, it may change your whole outcome on golf. I mean, it's a completely different game than just going out and playing a money match with your with your weekend buddy. It's completely different, you know. Uh, even though there is competition on the line and you're trying to win something, it, it's just a different mindset. And it, it's just one thing that everybody should cross off their list eventually. No, I I totally agree. Um, well. Speaking of crossing things off the list, uh, let's dive into more PGA Tour and Live Golf Talk because massive, yes. um, massive uh, article just came out at six fifteen. Massive news, Eastern Standard Time. Breaking tonight. news as we're recording. Breaking news on the podcast: the PGA Tour has officially denied members permission to play in the Saudi funded golf tournament of London. The not denials were sent to players as late as Tuesday evening uh, for players who sought dismissal for the one off event. Uh, it had been expected that the PGA tour was going to grant the waivers for this one time event. So uh, shooting down every player that has expected to go play in this live golf event now creates just an absolute shit show of who will go, who won't, what will the um, you know what will the repercussions be of going? Will it be dismissal from the PGA Tour? Will it be just a fine? Uh, Sergio Garcia famously kind of got on record this week at the TPC Avenel Wells Fargo and said, "I can't wait to leave this tour." In reference to the PGA Tour and when dealing with the rules officials, Lee Westwood said he was in. So will he completely say sayonara to the PGA Tour? Phil, Mr. Mickelson, uh, also said he was ready to play in the first event of the Live Golf Tour. Um, I mean, before I talk, because I've got a strong opinion on this, I want your opinion first. What is what is your thoughts on the PGA Tour basically saying, um, you know, we appreciate the thought of you filing a formal appeal to go somewhere else, but due to the circumstances of the Live Golf and the, the maybe the notoriety it's been given um, and the kind of competition it's giving us uh, we're saying no. What, what are your thoughts on that? Given this decision that's kind of breaking right now on the denials. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the PGA tour saying no to these guys who by all means gave a formal process and said, Hey, I'm going to file the proper paperwork. As we have in the past, if we want to play in something other than the PGA Tour, they filed the proper paperwork to say, hey, we're going to go somewhere else. And the PGA Tour basically said, no, sir. No, you can't. Like, is that even legal? I mean, so here's, here's the conversation. Aside from <laughs> all the other BS, basically the way I'm reading it and the way I'm seeing a lot of big talking heads within the industry, uh, including David Faraday, including uh, Eamon Lynch, who wrote the initial article on, uh, on, on Golf Week USA Today. Um, basically, by doing this, the PGA Tour has guaranteed itself a legal battle, is basically what, what the consensus is at this point. Um, and, and I'm going to follow it up with this. 
Um, I think at this point, the PGA Tour has stamped its foot in the ground uh, as a dictatorship. I think it is, it is yeah. stamped its foot in the ground and said, basically you play what with it is. me, you piss me off. Yeah. We're, we're going to make your life a living hell. And, and I, like, I'm I think, king of the hill. I think, and, and here, hear me out again. Right? <laughs> I think the poker that Phil Mickelson was playing, I think the poker that Greg Norman has been playing all along, um, the poker that everybody has been playing around this live golf organization was to get the PGA tour to show their true colors. And we got it now. They got what they wanted right now. I think they've got the PGA tour un- unbeknownst to, I think the, the, the people that run the PGA tour, Jay Monahan, the investors, the funders of the PGA tour, the PGA tour thinks they're doing the right thing right? The PGA tour thinks they're protecting their money and their investments and their $10 billion evaluation or whatever that, uh, that article came out last week of them sending out a a notice to everyone saying that if you go the live golf, uh, direction, then you're losing out on $10 billion and yada, yada, yada. The PGA tour thinks they're doing the right thing, but the live golf organization and every player that filed to go a different direction has the PGA tour exactly where they want them at this point. Personally, if I'm looking at a legal aspect, because they're going to now say, you know what? I'm supposed to be an independent contractor. I filed every single protocol to play in one event, not like three years worth of events, one event. And you denied me that ability. And I'm missing out on $25 million, which is the purse for the first live golf event right out in london um i think the pga tour all of a sudden has itself on the wrong side of a legal battle that we're gonna have to see play out in live in live time because it's gonna happen they've made this call it's gonna happen yeah it's almost like they got their backs up against the ropes and they're just throwing haymakers hoping something sticks yeah when in reality it's it's showing how bad of a boxer that they really are and like I agree with you as well, but obviously I, I don't know the fine print when it comes to the legal issues between a, a player and the PGA Tour when they decide to become a PGA Tour member. Mm-hmm. Is there documentation on which they sign? Is there fine print? Is there something where I can go back and get this employee handbook that I signed when I came onto this industry to this company saying i'm said like if we're looking just at a business and corporation aspect as an employee like even though they're they're saying they're independent contractors like what's the fine print of what they signed up was there something that they signed or is it just like here's a handshake welcome to the pga tour yeah it was definitely dante i will give you this in my understanding and my knowledge of the pga tour at large um, the PGA tour has these guys in contracts, even though they just sign up and they, you know, go through the qualifying process and they get their quote unquote card. These guys have a retirement fund set up. These guys have all kinds of benefits aside from right. Just playing in, in week to week. So I, I understand the benefit of the PGA tour from a, from a job aspect, right? Like I, I get that it's a business, it's a job. These guys aren't just like ho-hum players that are just there one week on the next. I get that the most of these guys, especially on the top 125 that had their card year in and year out are, are taken care of by the PGA tour. Like I, I, I do get that. Um, you know, golf week interviewed a anonymous uh, PGA tour pro who was making the jump to this one event 
They will not say who, which God, I wish I knew who it was because that would make this so good. But um, you know, they said as a player who plays multiple tours already, which pause, if I had to guess is a European guy, not an American guy, because if someone who's playing multiple tours already, it makes me think he's crossing ponds, you know? Um, But he says conflicting events is always something we've dealt with in the past. And I've had to ask, um, you know, release or exemption from the PGA tour schedule to play in other events. I don't see how the live tour is any different than any other of these events that I have asked um, exemptions for. Uh, the only difference is it seems to be 48 guys locked in 14 events for a season. So if you're asking me or you're telling me what this guy's saying, anonymous source from golf week is he's now saying live golf tours got a little bit more traction than, than what they were leading on. And they've got 48 guys from the PGA tour locked into 14 events this coming season. And the PGA tour ain't about that. No. Now what's it? And what's the difference between so it's like PGA Tour trying to leave to go to live. So what's the difference as if you play both on the Euro Tour and the PGA Tour? Is there some type of business to business kind of partnership that they have that they allow? Like it, it, it seems like obviously I'll you, Dante. I'll tell you my honest and true opinion here of what the difference is. The difference is for the first time. Ever, there is a tour in this world that coming has after PGA, not even coming after it, but is blatantly telling the PGA tour, I've got quadruple the money you do every week, right? <laughs> we, we see week to week these, these winners taking home 1.22 million. The purse at these events are double the weekly purse for the PGA tour and the PGA tour can do nothing about it. That's their gripe that if you look at every argument I've seen on Twitter, on, on face on, you know, on PGA tour, actual releases, if you've seen the PGA tour commentators, you know what the one true denominator is for people who like it and people who don't the people who are being fed by the PGA tour. That's that there's your wall right there. Yeah, I mean, the, the people who aren't being fed by the PGA Tour want to see more golf. They want to see more competitive play. They want to see more guys teeing it up in a professional setting. Now, the guys that are getting fed by the, the purse that is the PGA Tour are saying, oh, it's the worst thing to ever come to golf. It has nothing to offer people. And, <laughs> and the people that are saying that are, are, you know, inside the PGA Tour's pockets. I think for the first time, we're seeing a national conglomerate just like you would an NFL or an NBA be challenged by more money than they currently have. And I think it's incredible. I think it, it just offers such a, an, an interesting dichotomy of like, you know what, we're going to see this through. And I know they're going to see it through because they've got the money talking about yeah. league golf they're, They've got the money. Yeah. And obviously there's the PGA tour could have gone multiple ways on how like working this to kind of, Hold on, let me let me reel you back into the PGA tour. Even though they're, you know, the they always say in, in normal jobs, you know, you get you work say at a job making sixty grand, and then you're getting offered another job for eighty grand. Yeah, you're making more money, but is the grass greener on the other side? It sure. kind of goes with this, 
But again, I think I agree with you on your side of things. The PGA Tour showing their true colors because they're just straight up kicking first and reacting rather than let's take a step back, let's assess the situation, and let's come at it with a different angle. They're just flat out saying, they're just going berserk. Well, and let me cut you off here. It is 10.03 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This article was released at 10 o'clock, so three minutes ago. Greg Norman has fired back. Greg Norman has made official statements on the PGA Tour's uh, decision to deny their golfers exemption into the live golf organization. Greg Norman calls the tour an illegal monopoly as well as an anti-golfer, anti-fan, anti-competition uh, <laughs> tour that has nonprofit status, which should be, uh, which should be prosecuted to the fullest extent. If the PGA tour thinks they're going to just have this push over, they're in for another thing. Yeah, they're... Greg, Greg Norman's out for blood. Yeah. They're they're going twelve rounds. <laughs> this is like Sonny Liston and Mike Tyson back in the eighties and nineties. I love it, man. Bring it on, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Bring yep. it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man. It's it's something. And again, um, I, I I see where the PGA Tour is making their comments, but I see exactly where Greg Norman's coming from too. This, yeah. this this rhetoric of not letting golfers play where they want to play across the world one time. And now granted, like we said, th- these players weren't asking for a 14 tournament exemption. They were asking for one. They weren't asking to miss 14 full scheduled events. They, they were just asking to get for their, one. They wanted to get an exemption in the one tournament for live, get their toes in, get their toes in the water, feel it out a little bit. And see if it's, you know, worth it. I mean, what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Well, I'm telling you this. (laughs) And and again, Greg Norman has flaunted the money from day one. Um, Greg Norman also announced during this kind of release of response to the PGA Tours decisions late this evening. The PGA Tours decisions coming at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Greg Norman's decision coming here at 10 o'clock PM Eastern standard time live on the podcast guys, live breaking news right now from, from Greg Norman. Um, He says they have an influx of hold your hats, hold your chairs, $2 billion from the Saudi Arabians public investment fund that guarantees trial seasons through 2030. They are guaranteeing a tour for at least eight years. Um, wow. I mean, that that's all of a sudden not just saying it's going to be like the USFL or this, you know, whatever it was that came about right before COVID that gave the NFL a little run for their money. This tour is going to poach some of the world's best, and it's going to be around for at least a decade. All of a sudden – I'm starting to understand as we're live on this podcast why the PGA Tour is getting such tight shackles yeah. on their members. Yep. 
They're they're getting they're getting scared. Yeah, they're, they're scared for their livelihoods, which I think is the best thing for the game of golf right now. It it's good. I'm 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 interested to see how it's going to play out. Greg Norman has also said we have notified those who have applied in their request and been declined that in according to PGA Tour tournament regulations, they are unable to decline based on the current circumstances and to seek out further legal matters. So basically, they're also saying (laughs) that they've looked into the legal, almost expecting the PGA Tour to deny, and saying that they can't do that based on how your contract's written. So these next few weeks are going to be, dare I say, interesting, to say the least, because the next round of exemptions have to be approved by May 17th for the July 1st through 3rd event at Pumpkin Ridge in Oregon for the Live Golf Organization. So not only are they denying the first round for London, PGA Tours on the clock for seven days from now to either accept or deny the next round of exemptions for the first United States showing of the Live Golf out in Oregon. What's crazy, too, is that we've talked about it on the pod. We've talked it off camera, off recording, is how it's funny how the series of events kind of play out. Right, because at first like, oh, this is interesting, huh? Oh, this is interesting. All right, I'm over it. You know, let like they're just gonna play, you know, cat and mouse here. And now we kind of do like a 180. Now I just want to follow this for like the next, you know, every day to see what's going on. And now I got juicy. Well, and so here's my only reservation. I will look this up i forget what podcast it was when we talked about it but i said put on your tinfoil hat conspiracy theory of a lifetime the pga tour behind closed doors has money in live golf and this is all a marketing scheme to get people more involved and more interested in what the frick live golf has to offer that could very so well be it as well. That is my spin zone of 2022 right now and what's going on. That is my only spin zone. Do I think it's happening at this point? No. But do I think there's a 0.1% chance that <laughs> in two years from now, the PGA Tour makes this weird jump and says, yeah, we'll work with them after it's wildly successful? I don't know. All yeah, I'm saying is yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, uh, all I can say is after the PGA Tour denying, um, we are in for a roller coaster of headlines. We are in for a roller coaster of news over the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Um, and all I've got to say is every naysayer, Every person who says it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, whatever, we've simply have yet to see an actual event, right? Like all this talk and all this. A lot of talk. Where 
we've got no events yet. I, I've yeah. got to personally see, and this is the way I've always lived my life. I've got to see the writing in the sand. I've got to see an event play out. Show it to me, yeah. right? Like, let me see the physical product, and then I'll make then I'll make a decision on if I think I like it or not. The only thing that I can see where if you want to get kind of ahead of all this and see if this is legit happening is if this is a tournament, right? We're talking professional golf. How long do these courses, you know, work prior to the event itself to make sure that course is actually in tournament conditions? So maybe we should head over to some of the courses that they're going to be played on and see what they're doing. Sounds like we're taking a all expenses enjoy the walk paid trip to Pumpkin Ridge out in Oregon to check it out before they get there. Exactly. <laughs> now I, I 100% agree, man. It's something that's like you know, there's so many variables in, in how this works out, and yes, the money's insane and 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 whatnot. But you know, what does the course look like? How does it play? Um, and then who shows up? Right? Like, does you know, kind of capping this podcast off. Does Sergio Garcia and Lee Westwood say, you know what? I've had enough of the PGA tour. Sergio sir seemed like it this past week out at the Wells Fargo. Do they say screw the PGA tour in your denial? I will play live golf and European tour the rest of my life or DP world tour, right? They don't have to show up. They don't have to show their faces at PGA ever again. No. And they play, they can still play the U S open. They'll still play the open and they, you know what? Still play the masters. So Sergio played the Masters forever. Hell, he named his daughter Azalea. He'll play the Masters till he's yeah. 95 and cripple. That's like half the reason. Yeah. So I mean, not what even... are you saying? What are you saying? Sergio's got to miss out on a PGA championship? Yeah. What do he do? He'll take uh, that vacation. Three out of four? Yeah. yeah. Three out of four majors? I'm telling you, I don't think the PGA tour and the PGA overall has near enough leverage as they think they do. I can agree on that, but we'll find out. Yeah. We will have to just watch and see, which I love about it. It's um, it's one of those things again, where you're just going to see who shows up and see who plays and see how it goes. So here we are. Yeah. I will keep an eye out. I'm here so for all, it. We, all we can say. Guys, if you know us, we will keep you in tune with all of this updated news. If things come out in between podcasts, check out our Instagram or Twitter at Enjoy the Walk Pod. Uh, we will update you from the latest and greatest from those two avenues. So go follow us at Enjoy the Walk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And as I said, if you guys are interested in more from Enjoy the Walk Podcast, head over to www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Sign up for our email list at the bottom of the homepage. Never miss another podcast, a YouTube video, uh, or the latest merch drops. Again, you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com slash shop to shop our latest merch drops and rep the podcast and walk the golf course in our merch. So guys, as always, you can get out there, carry your clubs, and enjoy the walk. One shot at a time.